It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to, step to, step to, step to. Hey, <laughs> what's up, citizens? I am your V podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. Wow, we are on episode number 34. And man, I must say, this is the first episode for our fall 2022 anime discussion. I know, I know, I know. You're like, Jay, y'all are kind of late to the party. Hey, <laughs> better late than never, right? Uh, but, you know, to our listeners, my humble apologies for leaving you for so long. I had so many things going on. I mean, um, I relocated to a new area and living in a brand new house. Yeah, yeah. Give it up for your boy. Give it up for your... Uh, cue, cue those claps over there. <laughs> <laughs> we we ain't got the budget for that just yet, but um, you know you you you're you're welcome to come over to the crib anytime. By the way, just uh, be sure to bring a housewarming gift because uh, you know things are nice. <laughs> uh, and uh, of course, I had a bit of traveling to do, but we are finally back. Uh, we have so many things planned for you today, so let's not waste any more time and give you what you came here for. Let's go ahead and talk about our fall 2022 anime discussions for our A-side slate. We have Shinobi no Itoki, Blue Lock, The Eminence in Shadow, Season 17 of Bleach, and Chainsaw Man. But that's that's probably not how it sounds. But uh, I, my, my closest rendition to what a chainsaw would sound like. But yeah, in today's episode, we'll be discussing several topics such as the problem with all-you-can-eat buffets. Yes, I have beef with buffets. And I'll tell you why in a few minutes. <laughs> Uh, we also will be talking about the don't F with me look. I mean, I know you've seen that face before. It might have been you making that face, you know? All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and talk some anime. We'll start with our first anime for discussion and our A-side slate. And that is... Shinobi no Itoki, episode 10 titled those taken those taken from Ooh, powerful 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 title and so in this episode itoki lost his mother who was the chief of the Iga clan of ninjas and as the preceding heir to become the village's next chief itoki was faced with the decision of accepting this role and carrying out orders to protect their clan man you know, it, it's just, it's, it's hard. Like, man, you lost your moms and now like you gotta be put in this pedestal where you gotta take over the family business. And that's, you know, what this, this uh, episode kind of brought me to is, you know, inheriting a family business. What, what does that feel like? How, you know, what, what could you potentially go through if you had been in hit, you know, our young Itoki's position? And so I think the first thing that comes to mind when inheriting a family business is a lot of pressure. Like there is a lot of pressure that you're going to face uh, because, you know, you want to have continued success 
within the family business. I mean, just imagine if the, the family line that's been passed on for like the last, I don't know, let's say uh, four generations or something like that, right? And you happen to be the generation that bombs the business, makes the every, you know the the business go bankrupt, and now you know everyone in the family is kind of looking at you side eyed because of the decisions that you made. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I can see like the pressure mounting on from that, you know, especially because you know there's also the other side of you don't want to make your other family members look bad. You know, you want to come out clean and everybody to kind of hold you up in great standards, just like those that preceded you before that. So yeah, I can see pressure being a really huge thing, but what else? Uh, I think also, you know, if it's something that you've been doing all your life, because in my opinion, like most people that I know that are a part of some type of family business, they've been doing that type of business pretty much all their life, you know, starting from their childhood, maybe when they were uh, five to seven years old. And, you know, it's kind of like just ingrained in them. It's something that they know pretty much like right off the back of their hand. But, you know, I will say like the issue with that is even though it's something that you've been doing for most of your life, it might not be something that you're actually passionate about. And I think that that could be one of the issues with taking on a family business is, you know, yeah, I've been doing this all my life. It's what I see. I know the history behind this, but this isn't something I necessarily want to do. Maybe I want to go do haiku poetry or something, or, or maybe I, you know, I, you know, there's some people that say, man, I, I admire just being, um, you know, a, a farmer, you know, I don't want to do be in an office stuck in a cubicle doing, you know, administration desk work all day. And so, you know, it's definitely like the passions about something else that could kind of get in the way of what a family business uh, can, can continue to be. Um, and then I think also like the selling points, like of, of someone selling the business for profits, because, you know, maybe you get it turned over, the family business turned over to you and you say, man, you know, this is great. I'm I'm thankful for what my ancestors and, and family have done to get the business to this point. But this is not something that I feel that I can manage well. And I would feel more comfortable just selling off the business. And, you know, it, it makes me think about something I read a while ago where and y'all may have heard about this, too. Um, they say that most families wealth only lasts about three generations. Like, have y'all have y'all heard that? I don't know. Hey, uh, Yo Yokin. I'm sorry. I, I hope I said that right. Yokin, welcome, welcome in, welcome in. Uh, yeah, there's, um, you know, three. They they definitely say I've heard the saying that family's wealth only lasts three generations, and that's kind of crazy. You know that to to know that now three generations. I mean that can be a significant amount amount of time. But oh, that's walking, walking. Okay, <laughs> I'm like the worst when it comes down to pronouncing names. So please, please forgive me. But I definitely will do my best. But yeah, I appreciate you for coming through the Bingo Book Podcast. You know, I try to do these uh, episodes every Saturday. So you know, make yourself comfortable. Feel free to you know chime in on any 
of these conversations that you find interested in. Um, but yeah, you know, th- so with the family's wealth, it's kind of like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the burden of handling this business. I saw what my dad or what my mom went through for the last 60 years and how it might've tormented them or, you know, made them so unhappy because sometimes, you know, you gaining that family business can lead to like that unwelcome unhappiness too, you know, not, not like just make, because you're making money doesn't mean that it's all glitter and glam, you know? Um, But yeah, I mean, the question is, you know, have any of you been faced with taking over your family business? I mean, if so, I'd love to hear a bit of your experiences in the comments. Uh, Man, I, 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 I mean, me personally, like I have not um, necessarily been in a position where, you know, I've had a family business passed down to me or anything like that. A couple friends that I know that have, uh, been a part of a family business, but most of them actually like went on to like do their own thing. Like they didn't continue with their parents, uh, you know, continue to do with their business. So I don't know. Very interesting. Uh, Walking says, I haven't heard that, but I've seen that too. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is Blue Lock, episode 10, titled Just the Way It Is. Man, it be like that sometimes, right? Like it's just sometimes you just gotta accept it that that's just the way things are, right? <laughs> well, in this episode, Asagi begins to panic for Team Z after seeing the talented genius Nagi score goals with ease. Now, with the last 15 minutes left in this soccer game, Nagi is on the brink of scoring a goal that could ultimately send Isagi's Team Z home and bring their hopes of becoming the world's best strikers to an end. Dang, that's that's cold blood. It's like, dang, this one person, this one man, just think about it. That's like in sports. Like one person has the opportunity to cut your water off and say, you no longer are going to have this. You're going home. You're going to be watching TV, you know, watching sports, these championships, whatever, from the comfort of your couch. If, if you have a couch, <laughs> um, but however, this, uh, their selfish teammate on team Z, uh, Keong makes a bold move that sacrifices himself and gives team Z another chance to win the soccer game. Wow. Wow. So Keon, even though he's a selfish person, he decided like, man, you know what? I'm a, I'm a take this action upon myself and I'm going to try to give my team uh, the opportunity to go out there and win it. And it made me think about uh, sacrificing yourself for the team. Like, you know, have have you ever been in a position where you sacrifice yourself for the team? Now, I feel like this happens more often than people probably know about. You know, it's, it's um, a lot of people out there that are probably sacrificing themselves and you just didn't even know it. But uh, some examples that kind of come to mind is work that happens overtime. You know, someone that's working overtime to complete a job. I mean, think about it. There's someone out there right now that's just working hard to the bone 
clocking hours, well over 40 hours, and maybe some of their other team members have left to go home early, what have you. But but that person says, you know what? I know that we have a lot of work to do. And, you know, maybe my my uh, uh, members, my coworkers are burnt out. I'll take it upon myself and, and sacrifice myself, even though I'm, you know, severely lacking asleep or something like that. And, you know, if that's what I have to do, to ensure that the job gets done or we succeed, I'm willing to take that. And then you have the other side of it where it's like, if others are performing poorly and if you're a leader, you know, a manager or something like that, or a worker uh, that may be willing to take responsibility for uh, the team, you know, that's an, another time where, you know, someone could like sacrifice themselves and say, you know what, like I, I know that the team isn't doing that all that hot, all that well, or we got some poor performers or some people that just don't really want to show up to work. But, you know, hey, that's my fault. I take full responsibility for that. And, it, you know, whatever consequences, go ahead and lay it on me and I'll work it out and I'll try to get this thing done um, as, as timely as I can. You know, and so uh, there's, you know, you probably have seen this in the workforce before. And I can definitely tell you, I have seen it myself you know personally i've done a little bit of both um but I, I honestly think the reason why i do it is because it's a mutual thing like there's always been people that have looked out for me like had my back and wanted my best interests, and so i feel like it's my duty to reciprocate that back and you know that doesn't always mean that uh, when I'm reciprocating it back, the team that I'm working with now have watched my back necessarily, but it's also I, the way I kind of visualize it is those that have helped me along the way in my journey and my growth. Uh, I feel like it's my duty to kind of pay that forward to others and hopefully some good will come out of it. Now, I am going to say this, though, that that does not mean that I'm just going to put myself in a position uh, and, and situation to get fired. Like, no, like that, that's not going to happen. We, we going to keep the job, you know, or at least put ourselves in a position where we can, um, collect unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all like Jay, he tripping, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, but yeah, I mean, if, if you are someone that are, is sac has sacrificed yourself, for the team. Hey, I feel you. I know your pain. Um, but I also know the good that that can bring sometimes too. So, you know, hang in there. Hopefully you're able to get um, some people around you that can uplift you, work together, work hard with you and, you know, get things done. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we all want to have that work-life balance, right? Okay. Let's move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is... The Eminence in Shadow, episode 10, titled The Sacred Land, City of Deception. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, I feel like this title was severely misleading because the, the episode didn't really happen. It didn't like the events that took place in this episode were like way off the mark for what I thought it was going to be. But um, just to kind of highlight uh, what's going on in this episode, you kind of got to go back to the previous episode where uh, the Midgar Academy for Dark Knights was infiltrated by members from the cult of Diablos, in which the noble princess 
Rose Oriara, or, Oriara. <laughs> I told you I was bad with names. Rose Oriana from the Oriana Kingdom, which, you know, you kind of see her with the blonde hair for those that are watching us on our, our live stream show. Um, and, you know, she's known as a renowned genius when it comes down to her swordsmanship and uh, arts, which arts, you know, you can pretty much think of that as magic. And so, you know, when these cults of the Diablos members tried to infiltrate this academy, she tried to fend them off, uh, although she could not activate her powers due to this magic disruptor that was happening uh, within uh, that they placed within the academy to kind of uh, hold those people captive because they couldn't really fight back. And so in a near death moment, Sid acts very quickly uh, and pushes Rose out of danger, which ultimately saves her life. And this act of heroism sends Rose into a romantic frenzy to where she pledges herself to Sid, imposing so hard that Sid was um, pretty much required to accept her as his girlfriend. So, you know, he, she was pretty much like, oh my goodness, like, you saved me. <laughs> You saved me. You saved my life. Like, I love you. Now I want to be your girlfriend. You know, you, you're, you my daddy. Like that's, that's pretty much how that went down. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shucks. Calling, calling me daddy. <laughs> Crazy thing about it is like, some people don't like that. You know, I, 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 I'm a, uh, plead the fifth on that. Uh, but yeah, you know, it makes you think about getting in a relationship you never wanted because you see that Sid is pretty much in a relationship that he didn't really want, but ultimately ended in. And I think of, um, like the length, you know, or, or rather I shouldn't say the length, but the saying, take one for the team, taking one for the team. Have y'all heard that saying before taking one for the team? Hmm. Yeah, I did. This is a true thing that I actually have done in the past where, you know, you're with your homeboys or homegirls and your friends uh, or maybe family members, you know, cousins or relatives. And, you know, maybe there's someone that you're you have you really like or you're crushing on. But, you know, your friend or, or relative or whatnot already laid claim to that person first before you and so you know you kind of got to be a team player and say like oh like okay cool like you got your eye on that person first so you know you got first crack at it right um but at the same time like that person might just have friends that are <laughs> that person might just have friends that are with that girl or with that homeboy that you like and they, you know, you one of your friends or your relatives gets in your ear and says, hey, bro, you know, I, I ain't really feeling that one. So, like, hey, can you help, do me a favor and take one for the team? Like, just, you know, just pull, try your best to, like, pull this person away from the for me so I can do my thing. And that happens sometimes. Like, you know, I, I can remember a moment where I was at a... Uh, what was uh theater we were going to the, we went to the movies and we saw this group of girls and like there was one girl i just had my eyes set on i was like okay boom like she's fine you know she got she looked like she got that attitude because i kind of like that i like that kind of like 
rough me up kind of like i don't know just talk to like just talk crazy to me uh, but i'm not like that no more i'm, I'm sorry i'm not <laughs> hey counter what's up brother counter welcome y'all welcome counter to the strain you know I, I appreciate you for showing up and showing out i hope that you uh enjoy are enjoying the show and uh thanks for your support but yeah i mean you know counter you may be able to uh yeah, you might have some experience when it comes down to taking one for the team. Or maybe someone you knew took one for the team for you, you know, and got you set up into a nice little situation with some beautiful honey. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I just I can recall, like, I had my eyes on this one girl, but there was another girl that, you know, she wasn't all that attractive. And my, my friends were like, hey, bro, like, Look, we'll try to set you up with this girl because right now she's like, she's not trying to hear none of us. We'll come back around. I just need you to go to the store with this girl, you know, sop her up like a biscuit, make her feel good, say all the beautiful things, and then come back. We'll try to figure out a way to separate so you can get with this girl that you actually like. I was like, dang, man, that's some, that's some dirty work. But guess what? It got to be done. <laughs> It has to be done because that's the bro code. Like, you know, I'm sure when it comes down to homegirls, like they got some type of uh, agreement that they come to where it's like, hey, it's an oath. Like we're we're automatically sworn in. We have to do this. So, you know, we all can kind of win at the end of the day. And sometimes you might not take home a win. It's just how it is. That's taking one for the team and how it goes. But yeah, I mean, I would say at the end of that, it did work out for me. You know, I, I did butter up the one girl that I wasn't really attracted to. And um, I don't know, it's so crazy because like, I feel bad for it. But at the same time, it's like, I, it's not like I lied. Like I didn't tell, like, I didn't say anything that would have made that person think like, oh yeah, we're definitely hooking up. Like, no, like I kept it as straightforward and real and as authentic as I could without like being too uh, blunt for a lack of better words. But uh, yeah, so then, um, but I, I would also say that when you're younger, I also feel like you also end up in relationships uh, that you never really want to be in a lot easier. And that's mainly because you don't want to hurt that person's emotions. You know, you don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, I, I could, man, I could think of so many uh, people that I grew up with that just got into relationships off the cuff just because the person that they that liked them so much would not stop kind of like complaining or crying or something like that. And so to kind of get them off their back and kind of make things a little bit easier. They said, okay, like I'll date you, you know? And yeah, nine times out of 10, that ended up being like their worst moments, like in life ever. <laughs> like you just hear these like dramatic stories of like what they've been through. And it's like, bro, like you put yourself through that. Like that's your fault. Like, I don't know why you mad at anybody else, but yourself, you accepted that. But you know, when you're younger, you, you tend to do things like that because, you know, you're trying to spare people, I guess. Um, Counter says, hey, how do you feel about Eminence and Shadow? Ooh-wee. Okay. Um, towards the end of this season, which is going to be, what, like about two or three weeks from now, I'm actually going to do a tier list, kind of like talking about that. But I'll go. I'll give you like 
the uh, the short of that, like how I feel about the anime. So you getting that exclusive, that world 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 world, world premiere premiere. <laughs> um, man, I feel like this anime is so nonsensical. Like the the story does not make sense at all. Like I feel like I'm just getting thrown into a situation and having to accept what it is and just kind of like it's almost like they want you to make up like your own mind of like what happened before like to get to that point it's like it's the craziest but here's like but here's what's so wild about that right i actually enjoy this anime like i'm like even though the storyline and like the story the character progression is just like crazy like all over the place this nonsensical is actually like a part of the reason why i actually enjoy this anime it's it's crazy it's like i don't know it feels like this is supposed to be like a comedy um like it's almost it feels like it's almost supposed to be a parody of like other like popular animes but they it just kind of like meshed it into like one that's that's how i feel about it so far but I don't know it's so, it's so weird. Like it's a wacky journey, and I'm enjoying it. But man, like this this the story progression is is wild, bro. Like it's crazy. Um, he said, uh, kind of said, "Damn, son, where you find this?" <laughs> um, uh, Eminence in the Eminence and Shadow is on uh, High Dive. Uh, if you want to do the pay subscription, but you know, I think there's some other places where you might be able to find it too. Uh, Cosmo says, "Hey, what up, Jay? Welcome back. I'm here roaming the the halls. Hey, I, Cosmo, I appreciate that. You know, I, you know, anytime you're able to come through, you know, greatly, greatly, greatly. My my many thanks." Uh, Counter says, "Hey, my man was too weak in his other world and isekai himself. <laughs> yeah, he did that, didn't he? My man ran full force to say, you know what, I'm a." I'm going to get the life that I deserve and did just that, which is crazy. But Hey, you know, that that's, you know, that saying like, there's one way to skin a cat. I guess there's more than one way to get yourself in a new anime. Because when you think about like these titles of I reincarnated myself and I, now I live in a dungeon, you know, I reincarnated and, and now I'm a sword, you know, it's just like all these different spinoffs on reincarnation and, it's crazy because this is kind of this is one of those ones too. But uh, like I said, I mean it's it's oddly enjoyable, which is so weird to me. But okay, well let's go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion, and that is Bleach Seven. Oh, I'll say Seven <laughs> Season Seventeen. Of Bleach, which you know, aka Thousand Year Blood War, episode nine, titled The Drop. Ooh, the Drop. And yeah, it does live up to its name, this this title. Uh basically Ichigo and Renji were dropped um to uh and, and sent rather to the former captain of the 12th Division and Royal Guard member Kirio Hikifune's sector in the Soul King's palace now during their stay in kidio's custody she fixes them a ton of food and efforts to help ichigo and renji regain their strength and much more 
Now, of course, you know, Ichigo and Renji, they see all this towering food and they just let loose. You know, you might as well say they unstrapped their uh, belt buckle and let it all hang out and let loose. And they ate bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl. And I mean, they just went to town, you know. And so, but I, I'm sorry, but I had, you know, my, after seeing this episode, the first thing that kind of popped out to me was the problem with all you can eat buffets. I mean, for real, like I, I do have a problem when it comes down to all you can eat buffets. I honestly, it's been years, years, maybe decades since I've been to a buffet. And I mean, I got a couple of reasons of why, but I'll get to that in just a moment. Going to read some of these comments. Uh, Counter says, hey, Bleach is too good right now. Hands down the best anime this season. Oh, I, I definitely do feel that Bleach uh, is um, in the running for the best anime this season. Now, I got a couple that are up there, um, which well, some of them will be discussing here in a moment. Uh, but, man, I, I mean, look, Tyke Kubo, I mean, he's doing a damn thing uh, with with this season of, of Bleach. If, you know, if this is how he's going to send us out, this art style, um, I mean, just, I don't know, to me, I, I, and I've kind of said this on Twitter, where it's like, giving us a 2022 vision of, of what bleach is. It, it literally is like a reminder, like shots fired to like all the other shonen, you know, action-based animes. And it's like Taiku will just popping off and saying like, yeah, y'all good, but this like bleach, we, we wanted them once, you know, we, this is, we a classic anime. And I feel like us getting this like updated 1080p, plus you know high definition version and you know not only that but you got to think about like the sound effects um the visuals i mean there's so many things that makes this season so good and not only that like they're cutting straight to the chase like all like everything that we're watching is like all like all, all, you know out of your seat like this is amazing i'm enjoying myself because it feels like i'm a part of this um, you know, you feel kind of like you're in the war, you know, and you just got a kind of like a, a wall uh, or rather you're a fly on the wall watching this, you know. Uh, but yeah, you know, back to uh, the the problems with all you can eat buffets, you know, our topic when as we're discussing this episode of Bleach. Uh, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is bad hygiene. Yes, bad hygiene. Now, I'm not saying that I've seen this a lot when I've gone to uh, all-you-can-eat buffets in the past, but hey, 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 oh, oh, Villo, I, I hope I said that right, Violo, Violo, hey, I, I appreciate you for following us, thank you, this is the Bingo Book Podcast, you know, hey, I hope you're enjoying yourself, keep on checking us out and listen to this good anime greatness <laughs> um but yeah you know bad hygiene you know i'm you know it's it's something that i've not seen very much but it definitely does happen in buffets and it's the weirdest thing ever when you see someone that clearly looks like they haven't bathed in a long time and what have you now here's the thing i i, I will also pivot to say this it could be a person that was homeless and maybe somebody that was doing a very good gesture, a good deed decides to say, hey, you know, I, I it looks like you're hungry. You could use something to eat. Hey, come into this establishment with me and we'll get you something to eat. 
I think that's cool. And that's a really good hearted thing to do. But we got to kind of, we got to kind of reel this in a little, just a little bit, because if you are stank, <laughs> or, you know, you got skin falling off of you or stuff like that, I'm sorry, but I do not want you hovering around all this open-ended food. I don't. I'm sorry. Now, like, send somebody to go grab you a plate. You tell them what you want. They'll bring it back to you. And we we can all leave this situation happy, right? <laughs> Y'all like, man, Jay, you an asshole, bro. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I swear, I promise you, I'm good. I'm a good person. But, um, and another thing is lack of manners. You know, lack of manners. Now, for example, um, not covering your mouth when you have to sneeze. I've seen this quite a couple times. Uh, and I'm looking around at other people like, man, y'all don't see this? Y'all don't see this person just like all over the food, particle, you know, spit particles going everywhere, and y'all all right with this, you know? So that's that's one thing that I just like, man, that's just terrible, you know. Uh then also touching plates. Uh, have y'all seen someone that touched the plates? And maybe they're like, nah, like, I don't really need this plate. And then they put the plate right back so someone else can use that plate. Or maybe even repeat the same thing where like someone has like a, a double touch going on and they put the plate back. That's nasty. Like, don't be putting your hands all on a plate and then put it back. And somebody like, no, that's, that, that is bad, really bad manners to me, right? Um, also, I've seen... Placing utensils in the wrong area. Now, this is a major offense that I see very often at all-you-can-eat buffets where, you know, let's say there's uh, a container of beans, right? Like some black beans, and there's a spoon in there, right? And then right to the next, right, right beside the beans, let's say that there's potato salad, right? You know, now... I'm definitely not getting potato salad because that's disgusting to me, but that's just me. <laughs> but, you know, someone takes that spoon where the beans are and puts that into the uh, the pail where the potato salad is. I'm like, yo, what the heck is going on? You know, and now if somebody that loves potato salad, but maybe they don't like black beans, they got all of this residue of black beans in their potato salad and they ain't even asked for that. That's nasty. Stop, stop that. <laughs> um, then you also have like the universal elements. And the way I think about this is um, like flies that kind of come into the building. I mean, that's something you can't really, you can try to like stop it, but it's going to happen. So I feel like that's cool. Like you can be all right with that. You know, hopefully they have some type of paper or something like that to, to trap them. Um, people hair that's falling out, you know, like, then, you know, someone might be shedding or what have you, and they walking by real fast and the hair gets inside of the food. And you might not even notice that until you actually take a bite and then boom, you got string hair all in your mouth and you're trying to pull it out. And you got this disgusting taste on your face like, um, man, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> You're like I didn't, I, I didn't got come here for uh, Rapunzel's pasta. You know that that's not what I came here for, but that's what you end up getting ultimately. <laughs> um, and the thing about this all is like staff doesn't monitor these things usually. Like when I go to all you can eat buffets, there's so much chaos 
that's going on inside of the the places that and a lot of movement that's happening. It's just it, almost impossible to be able to keep tabs on everything that's going on. And I've I've not, honestly I've never seen someone get confronted by a staff member and say, "Hey, you know, sir, ma'am, you need to stop doing this." Like I just. I've never seen it. I mean, maybe y'all have, you know, definitely let me know in the comments if, if y'all have or not, but that that hasn't been my, my experience at all. So, uh, but yeah, y'all, y'all are like, man, Jay, yo, Jay bougie as hell. Uh, well, yes, bad and bougie. <laughs> uh, shout outs to the Migos. Hey, and rest in peace. Take off. Hey, uh, man, that's a major loss, but uh, all right, so we move, we move, we move to our next anime for discussion, and that is. <laughs> I just made a whole bunch of y'all hungry right now, so y'all, I just probably just went to y'all refrigerator to grab y'all a snacky snack, and I am not mad at you. You know, midnight snacks go very well. You know, if, if that's the time zone for you right now. Uh, all right, we have. Chainsaw Man, episode nine, titled From Kyoto. Oh, from Kyoto. Uh, which is crazy because, you know, I've been to Kyoto and beautiful place. Lots of things to do. Lots of things to see. Uh, a lot of traditional um, locations there. If you like things of historical value, uh, many temples, um, they got a couple castles there that you can look at. I mean, it's it's really dope, really dope experience. If you get an opportunity to go to Kyoto, please do it. And I will say, if you want some really, really good food, go to the Gion District. The food there is freaking amazing. Uh, but yeah, in this episode of the Chainsaw Man, of the Chainsaw Man. It's like, dang, I ain't never heard nobody say it that way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in Chainsaw Man, this episode, you have uh, Kobini who arrives at the scene where Denji is being carried away by members that apparently look like they're working for the gun devil. And she has this walkie-talkie in her hand uh, that she confiscated from an elderly woman. Uh, it could have been a man, too. I'm not... It looked like a woman to me, but... Uh, well, you know, she got this, this walkie talkie from this elderly woman who murdered her partner, Hirokazu Arai. And, you know, Arai actually saved Kobini's life during this assassination attempt. And he ended up ultimately paying the price for his life in, in efforts to save her. And so when she came up to the scene to these members that were carrying Denji away and trying to put him inside this van, with a very stern look in her face, she asks the members, you two, are what the shooters, aren't you? And they look at Kobini and they saw her face. Then Kobini just started going ham when she uh, was attacked by those members. And it, it was crazy. Like, it, it, I, this episode was just, it was off the chain. I mean, really like, man, Chainsaw Man, Bleach, you know, we just got through talking about Bleach uh, moments ago. Uh, man, they are doing such a spectacular job. You know, I can't really praise them enough for what those animation studios are doing. And really, like, the voice actors as well of really bringing these characters to life and doing them a world's uh, justice, I guess you could say. Because the voice actor for Kabini, oh, my God, she did 
an amazing job, like trying to like make her sound freaked out all the time. You know, like that. Imagine like trying to do that in a recording session, like not the easiest thing to do, especially if you're trying to have that recorded in like really good quality, you know? Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that takes me to uh, Kobini in her face. She had the don't F with me look. Don't freak with me. <laughs> I mean, she did, you know, and I think that we've all seen this face before. You know, when you look at a person and you just know that, man, they're not playing no games and they mean straight up business like cash money. Look, I'm not here to play no games with you. You know, if, if you if you think that this is one of those moments where you can play around, think again, you know, and uh, it kind of brings me to uh, a moment in my life where I had kind of experienced someone that had the don't F with me look. Uh, so a quick story time. Uh, I lived in some apartments when I was younger that had a pool and you know, growing up, like I, we didn't have a pool like nearby. So for a lot of my um, childhood, I didn't really know how to swim. Well, eventually we ended up moving to another location and uh, we were in an apartment complex that had a pool. And so, you know, of course that means, especially if you make a lot of friends that, you know, we're going to the pool almost every day, you know, especially during uh, the summer and, and, and springtime and having a blast, having a good time. And I can remember uh, there were two like older kids that grew up in the neighborhood that I actually looked up to. Like I thought that they were the coolest thing since, you know, or the coolest side of the pillow, I guess you could say. And I kind of wanted to imitate them a lot. Like I want to be just like them. I want to hang out with them. I want to do the things that they did and everything. But because I was much younger, they always give me excuses of why like I couldn't come and hang out because it's like I would just get in the way or something. And, you know, it's kind of like that uh, little brother, big brother syndrome. Right. And um uh, but yeah, so I, you know, so we're, there's a moment where we go to the pool and it's a bunch of my friends and us hanging out. And then the two older kids that I hung out with, uh, they, you know, I was, you know, trying to like ask them like, Hey, you know, can, you know, uh, y'all go with me to, I can't remember exactly where we were going to, like, I wanted them to do something and they wouldn't do it. You know, like they were like, nah, we're not listening to you. Like we're over here, we're hanging out, we're chilling. And, you know, we're trying to talk to some of these girls over here. So I was like, so I got mad. I got really upset. And just in like an immature fashion, I'm like, F y'all, <laughs> uh, you know, stupid punks or something like that. And so they looked at me and they had this complete don't F with me look in their face. Like just complete just like, what did you say to me? And I automatically, like, I knew I was in trouble. Like, I, I was in serious trouble. And I tried to run. <laughs> I tried to run, but they were some of the, that was also a thing. They were some of the fastest running kids in the neighborhood, too. And they grabbed me. And like they're holding me up. And so imagine like two guys holding this little scrunny kid up. You know, I was very scrunny at that time. <laughs> <laughs> At that time of my life, I was a little little guy, real thin guy, and um, that you know, I, they're pick, they have me lifted up, and my my legs are just dangling, just dangling, hanging. I'm just kind of like trying to fight back, but they got my arms, and I can't really do anything. 
And so one of the guys who's like the tallest guy, he puts me in the powerbomb position and literally lifts me up and powerbombs me right into the pool. And but he but here's but here's the catch though. He doesn't just um like grab me and power bomb me and let me go. Like, no, he follows all the way through. Like he's on some like Zangief stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, a part of me, you know, if I tell a story, it almost feels like oh, he was spinning and doing the whole animation and everything because it was crazy. So I get dunked inside of the water. I got all the pressure. Mind you, I'm not the best swimmer at the time. And I'm at the like the deep, you know, he dunks me in like the deepest end of the pool. And I almost started drowning because of that. Now, eventually, like they end up helping me out and I got out. But that was one of those moments where it's like, okay, they had the don't F with me look. I should have known not to say what I said because I know for that that they don't usually play games like that. But I did it anyways because I was a little snot nosed kid that liked to cause havoc. <laughs> okay, well, let's go ahead and continue with our discussions for our fall 2022 anime for our B-side slate. We have more than a married couple, but not lovers. Now, how many people y'all know are more than a married couple, but they are not lovers? That's a, I feel like that's an oxymoron situation, right? Or maybe, or maybe I got the wrong word. Y'all know I don't be the best when it comes down to these definitions. You have Arc Knights Prelude to Dawn, Season 3 of Welcome to Demon School, Edomakun, Spy X family, spy by family. <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. Like I actually seen a, a a tweet where it's like um those that say the X and spy X family, and it's like prestige, you know, shininess, pinky out, and everything. I mean, I, I really do feel that way when I say the X and spy X family, right? <laughs> uh, and then we have season six of My Hero Academia. Woo! I can't wait to talk about that. But uh, in this part of the episode, we will be discussing several topics such as working with your crush. Ooh, what's what's happening? What's what's that? So have you ever had a job that you work with someone you liked? We will definitely be talking about that here in a couple of minutes. We'll also be discussing confronting your parents. Oh touchy 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 topic i mean unfortunately this does have to happen sometimes but we will definitely get into this a little bit later in today's shows uh, we have this and many many more topics we'll be talking about in today's episode but you know hey let's not waste any time and jump right on in to our first anime for discussion well more like the sixth anime for discussion <laughs> but that's neither here nor there and that is More Than a Married Couple But Not Lovers, Episode 9, titled More Than a Childhood Friend But Not True Love, which is kind of a spinoff of like the anime title, right? You know, the name. But uh, in this episode, you have Jito and Akati, who are, you know, pretty much a part of this practical examination at their school. And they have to pretty much pretend to be 
uh, married couples. And so they end up working at summer jobs at the same company in efforts to spend more time with their individual school crushes. And that would be the charming Shioti, who you actually get to see uh, in this screenshot on the screen. She is the brown haired girl for those that are watching the live stream. Uh, and then there's also the handsome Minami. You know, he's, uh, you know, very perfect looking. It's like, man, you know, you ever see somebody and just like look at them? And it's like, man, my goodness, like you're so symmetrical. <laughs> like that's Minami and like. Uh, uh, summarize, I would say, but but yeah, during this episode, Jito comes face to face with Shioti, where they are both blushing and just kind of you know making all these different kissy faces. Like, well, kissy faces might be a stretch, but uh, they definitely were being um, uh, awkward to say the least with each other because they they like each other. Uh, and so while they're discussing these strategies and their desired positions. Uh, for their jobs, you know, they're showing their excitement for each other and having these random thoughts uh, about each other as well. So, I mean, just imagine, you know, there's someone that you like that you're working with and you're thinking to yourself like, man, I hope that, you know, she thinks I'm cool or I hope that she doesn't think that my breath stank. I mean, there's just, there's just so many different things that could go on in a person's head. And that was pretty much like what Shioti and Jito were experiencing when they came face to face at the job. So it made me think about working with your crush, you know, has, has this something, been something that y'all have ever experienced before? Hmm? Have you had a crush that you work with? And I know some of y'all are like, of course, Jay, I'm working with my crush right now. Matter, matter of fact, bagged her, not <laughs> bagged him. Like, hey, hey, that's that's good on you. But uh, you know, I, I feel like there are a couple things that come with like working with someone that you have a crush on. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is it's difficult to approach that person. I know like that might sound weird for some people because it's like, well, why would I have an issue talking to someone that I like? Like I, I probably already became friends with them anyways, but that's not true for everybody. There's some people where it's like, man, I really want to wait for the best and opportune moment to kind of uh, talk to them in hopes that they'll really like me, you know, or some people are just very timid and, you know, they don't feel like they can approach that person and they mostly would rather just admire them from afar. So you really, really never know, um, you know, how difficult it can be approaching someone that you actually really, really like. Uh, so uh, the Angelific Fifi. Oh, I, I love that name. Fee, the Angelific. Ooh, you got you to gotta put them extras on that. I love that. Um, Fifi says when I was younger and single, yeah, deaf. <laughs> so work shows he definitely worked with, or sorry, I'm presuming he or she, uh, said that, you know, working with my crush, I definitely did that when I was younger and single. Hey, you know, that that's definitely something that we, uh, experience. And I, I don't know, I feel like most people have had that experience, you know, I mean, unless you're just so well off that you never had to work a job a day in your life, uh, must be nice, <laughs> must be nice. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I also feel like, um, you know, eventually if you're with that crush enough at the job, I feel like there's going to always be a moment where you feel like, okay, 
I need to just get this out of the way and confess my feelings to this person. So, you know, let's just let's just do it. Like, I feel like the time is now because if you wait too long, you might not get the opportunity. That person gets scooped up by somebody else. And now you're on the sideline looking sad, you know, and, you know, full of of woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know. And we all know that that's not the best feeling in the world because, um yeah, let's not do that. Let's let's get out there and get it out. I mean, and sometimes it's going to backfire where that person doesn't like you. But, hey, at least you got it out of your system. You got a response. You got an answer. And, you know, sometimes you just got to live with the with the with the L, you know, that happens sometimes. But you never know. It could be a profound W that could be in your favor. You know, you just have to take that risk. You have to take that chance. Uh, Fifi says, any pronouns are good, my dude. Hey, I, I appreciate that. Thanks for, for letting me know. Um, but yeah, you know, and I will say um, when it comes down to confessing your feelings, I like to say confess your feelings and not love because to me, that's a pro tip. Like if you tell someone I'm confessing my love to you, that gives to me, like to me, it gives very like creep weird energy vibes and I, I i just feel like most people response would be like you don't even know me so like how do you love me already like that's that's really crazy that's kind of weird you know and so i would just say hey if you're going to confess say i'm confessing my feelings to you or something to that nature you might not even want to dress it up that way but hey just a couple tips uh, <laughs> um but yeah and there's also like co-workers uh, that are going to start gossiping uh, if it becomes obvious. So, you know, just imagine like if you're with someone that you have a crush on and y'all are saying like little things to each other and kind of, you know, hitting on each other, so to speak, eventually coworkers at the job are going to be like, oh, like I see what's going on. Like, yeah, like, you know, they definitely like each other. And so now you're going to possibly have this chain effect of people at your job now talking about you and this person and saying, oh, like, and then not only that, like they may, they may make up like the most craziest scenarios of, oh, they're already making out, they're already doing stuff and just adding all these extras on top of it that can really like, that it could actually backfire on you. And like, if you haven't, um, talk to that person and kind of made it known that you like them and it could backfire on you and, and end up hurting you from get, even getting into a relationship with that person. So, you know, you kind of got to be careful. I like, for me personally, I like to keep things on the low. You know, I don't like for other people to know what I'm doing and who I like and who I'm talking to. So I'll be very secretive about it. But I will say this though, if you confess, you know, your feelings for someone, uh, Eventually, someone is going to know, and it might be a close friend of theirs or a close friend of yours at the job. I just feel like there's kind of like no escaping this. It's really, really hard unless you and that person that you like have a discussion and y'all say, you know, hey, you know, we're going to just keep this between me and you. We're not going to let this out to anybody else. And, you know, we're going to keep this a secret so we can remain professional at the job or what have you. Or maybe, but there's also some people that's like, hey, oh, we gonna tell everybody, you know, and be happy with it and be good. And that's okay too. Like, I don't think that either or is a bad option. I just think that personally, when you get a lot of other people involved in your love life, it can cause problems. And I don't know why, but it's like people just like, they fiend for the drama. Like, it's just, it's just what it is, right? 
<laughs> but okay, let's go ahead and move on to our next anime for discussion. Fifi says, hey, that's a good tip, to be honest. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we we try to do our best here uh, on the BBP to, you know, give give some sound advice. I'm definitely not going to say that I'm a uh, psychologist professional or anything like that. Um, but, you know, if, if there is a way that I can make other people's lives enriched and better, then I'm all for it. Okay. So we have our next anime for discussion, and that is Arc Knights Prelude to Dawn, Episode 7, titled Separation. Oh, yeah, this this is one of those kind of hard-hitting episodes. You know, I feel like when you see a title like that for an anime, you kind of know, like, okay, yeah, this is going to be something that I might want to bring my tissues for. You just never know. Like it's going to, it's going to be a, a ride. It, it, you can kind of see that happening once you read that title. But I, I kind of like, like some of the sites that I watch uh, anime from, they, sometimes they will blank out the title because they know that it's going to be a spoiler. And so they try to like save face that way. And I think that's really cool uh, when they do that. But but yeah, in this episode of Arc Knights, Misha gets held captive by the reunion where she meets face-to-face with a seemingly key figure of the reunion named Skull Shatterer. Now, as Skull Shatterer enters the room to talk to Misha that where she's being held hostage at, uh, he removes his helmet to reveal his identity to her. And to Misha's surprise, it was someone she grew up very close with and was emphatically happy that Skull Shatter was alive. So, you know, she, you know, saw him and, you know, when he took off his helmet, it was like, dang, like, I know you, like, we grew up together or whatnot. Like, I, I thought you died. I'm so happy to see that you're well and alive. And so, you know, as they're continuing their discussion, they began to talk about the reunion and the Rhode Island organization. So Skull Shatter, he's someone that supports the reunion. And then you have Misha, who is someone that supports the Rhode Island organization. And so what I say more specifically for Misha is she likes the leader whose name is Amiya. And, you know, as they're talking about these different organizations, they're sharing different views of each of these groups and how they were treated differently uh, from these alliances that they support. And so it, it kind of made me thought, think about, made me thought, <laughs> it kind of made me think about the mine versus yours perspective, because a lot of the things that we see or do in our day to day is all about perspectives, because me and you can be watching something the same episode of something, but come away with two completely different perspectives of what we saw, right? And I felt like this episode was a really good example of that. So you have, um, I think one of the initial things I, I think about when it comes down to perspectives, or at least like an element that makes perspectives important is treatment. Like how you are treated can have a profound effect on your perspective, right? So here's an example of that. Teachers, 
you know, you know, your your senseis, your your um, you know, probably could even be your senpais to a certain extent. But I think teachers is a really good example because you know, you me and you could have the same teacher, but maybe the teacher te uh, treats me really good and treats you very bad or vice versa. And so our experience from our perspectives is, man, like this teacher is so cool. She's amazing. She's, you know, awesome. And I, I, I hope that more students get to experience her or him. But then on the other hand, it's like, you may say, no, like this teacher is horrible. And I, you know, I don't know why, I don't even know how she's, you know, this person is still teaching at this school. Like they should have been fired years ago. <laughs> I feel like I'm opening some wounds right now when I'm talking about teachers, you know, because I'm sure we've seen the teacher's pets or, you know, the teacher teachers that are actually like not there for the students and they're there to co collect a paycheck. You know, it happens, but you know, we move. Uh, Fifi says, hey, I feel like that's a sign of great writing when multiple perspectives can be taken from a story. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. You know, that uh, a lot having a lot multiple perspectives definitely makes the story more robust. And I, I honestly feel like that's why anime is so good and why it's grown so much on a global scale. Because when you think about it, yes, yeah, like, uh, some, you know, live action TV shows, film is great. You know, I think we can all agree with that. Right. But man, there's just something about anime and even cartoons that because you're not necessarily like tied down to a budget per se. I mean, there is technically still a budget, but you have like all this vast room of where you can just create and do things that a lot of like, um, real live action stuff cannot do and if they do do it it's like uh the cgi i can see it it looks it just didn't look right you know i don't i didn't like that but with anime you know it's kind of like oh, this is flawless this is great like this like the way that they showcase this was amazing and so yeah like i completely agree with you on that uh robert says i can't possibly guess whom you mean <laughs> When it, when it comes down to teachers, <laughs> hey, we, hey, uh, the the sensei that the sensei that never was, right? <laughs> which is so which is so crazy because I, it's like there's one side of it, like I have a lot of love for this teacher, but then the other side of it's like, but I don't know Japanese now. <laughs> My Japanese is terrible. Oh wait, I just threw somebody on the bus. <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sensei. But yeah, so I, I, you know, it's perspectives are definitely good and important. And, you know, just like Fifi was saying earlier, like when you have these different perspectives, it really adds value to the storyline and makes, I mean, also really makes the show more interesting. But I also feel like that's life in general too. Like when you think about people that you meet and they have different perspectives, that's kind of what makes life enjoyable to some degree now i'm not saying like you know with some people they have like some wild perspectives like just crazy like uh, in a whole nother like realm you know pro uh perspectives and you're like uh nah i can't really align with that so you know you stay over there and i'll stay over here <laughs> and that does that does happen sometimes right uh Robert says, man, she was really a good teacher. 
but she could be incredibly difficult. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, here's the thing about um, our teacher is I also feel like that's kind of like a test. Like, I'm I'm going to put these hurdles and obstacles in front of you and be as real as, as possible and see if you're able to overcome. And if you do overcome these tasks and do, and do good work hard, then you kind of like won me over and I, I can see that you really do care about this and you're not just in it for, you know, a short moment, you know? And but that opens up a whole nother bags because we can get into like some psychology type stuff, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, and I also say when it comes down to like the mind versus yours perspective is uh, information. Information is really, really, really important when it comes down to gaining a perspective because uh, if you don't have the right amount of information, uh, or the full story, I guess you could say, you know, you could ultimately like make some really bad judgment because of that lack of information, you know, and uh, I mean, just imagine like the, you know, I mean, you see it all the time when you go to Twitter or, you know, you know, uh, different sources where, you know, the full story hasn't gotten out yet, but people are already alleging like, oh, this is the, tr you know, the truth, nothing but the truth. And then, you know, weeks later, months later, what have you, when more information comes uh, to surface, then you see like, oh, this never was, a you know, this wasn't the truth at all. You know, there was way more information about it. And, you know, I, I feel like because I see that happen so often, I mean, for me, I take a very like long spooned approach to things where I don't generally comment on stuff until like an absorbent, like a large amount of information is presented, you know, cause I don't want to be, I don't want to put myself in a position where like I prejudge something and then, you know, at the, in the end, like I'm wrong about it, you know? And then, then I look bad now. Don't get me wrong. Like I, me personally, I'm not afraid to, say, hey, you know, I was wrong in, in saying this in my situation. But think about all the, you know, the, the thousand people that will put themselves out there like that and won't even apologize at all. Like that's, I don't know, that's so crazy to me, right? But okay, we move, we move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is... Season three of Welcome to Demon School, Itama-kun, episode 10, the title, The Itama I Know. Now, I absolutely love, uh, absolutely love this anime. Uh, I will say that if any of you have not watched Welcome to Demon School, uh, Itama-kun before, definitely check this out. It's, it's, a, it's a comedy. It's got some action in it. Um, you know, even like a little bit of like sl slice of life to like some degree, uh, when you think about, uh, Ida McCoon's life and it's so enjoyable. Like I just, you know, the laughter, uh, it's just a feel good anime. Now I will say that this season is kind of slow in a way compared to like the other seasons, but it's still a hoot. Like it's a blast, but yeah, you know, in this, uh, episode, uh, Itama, and Reed realized that they don't have any points during the Harvest Festival competition and decide to look for the mysterious legend leaf monster that is worth 10,000 points. 
uh, Fifi says, yeah, let's go. Yeah, so it's so good, right? Uh, Cosmo says, hey, uh, it's also very wholesome. Yeah, I, I agree with y'all 1,000%, like all the way, right? Uh, but, you know, also in this uh, episode, in order for them to track the legend Leaf down, they would need the help of Kamui, who is one of the students for uh, the Battle of School in their Misfits class. And Kamui has the ability to speak with other monsters. And so they wanted to talk to Kamui and say, hey, you know, can we use you to help gain information about the Legend Leaf's whereabouts? And, you know, as soon as they find Kamui, they kind of get a runaround a little bit. I can't, I'm not going to say a runaround per se, but they end up meeting uh, Kerodi, which I think I said her name right. Uh, who was pretty much like, look, I know that y'all want Kamui's help, but he's one of my right-hand men, kind of like under my underling. <laughs> and he, you know, he he uh, comes to me, you know, when it comes down and takes my commands. So if you want some information, you're going to have to provide us an offering first in order to receive this information in return. And, you know, Edema and Reed, they kind of look perplexed, like, dang, like, I I thought we was friends, you know, it's like, you know, I, I'm sure like 50 cent, like, damn, homie, in high school, you was the man, homie. Uh, but but then as we grew up, like things happen. Right? Oh, uh, all right. I'm over that. <laughs> Max says, oh, we getting that. Let, let a legend worth 10 racks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if I got to get that monster to get all them points and hey, we, we hunting, we hunting, hunting. Right. Um, but it made me think about the the idea of a favor for a favor because Kedoti, I mean, that's pretty much what she's asking us. Like, hey, if you want this information, you're going to have to do something for me. And ironically, I feel like this happens way more than you think, you know, that when it comes down to uh, gaining a favor for doing a favor. And you may see this, you know, in open relationships uh, I say generally like in associations, like people that you associate with uh, and friendships too. Now, I, sometimes it can be in rela uh, romantic relationships. So for example, like gift giving, you know, when someone gives you a gift, a present, generally like there's back and forth when it comes to this trade-off. And, and to me, that's kind of like a favor for a favor. Like, okay, I, I know that, you know, my my significant other loves gifts on Valentine's Day. And so, but, and they tend to give me items on Christmas or something like that. Like, that's kind of like that give and take back and forth, right? And so that's kind of a favor for a favor because we all know, like, what happens when you hear situations where, oh, this year they didn't give me a gift on Valentine's and I've been getting gifts on Valentine's for like the last five to 10 years. What, what happened now? Like what's going on? Like, does this person not like me? Are they cheating or they want to be with me or whatever? And so it can take like, it can take on like a whole life on its own. Right. I'm sure y'all seen this before. Um, and so uh, Fifi says, Hey, it, uh, I get talk in talking about uh, welcome to demon school with Edom uh, it's amazing how everyone of the misfit uh, of the misfit class is interesting in their own right and well written. Yeah, and I, that's what I love about 
of this anime is that every single character has um, character development done with them. Like no class or no person rather in the misfit class is kind of left out. Like all of them have their interest in story. Now those, some of those stories that we get, they come like a little bit later as the seasons progress, but you ultimately like you always get some type of background on those characters. And it's very thought provoking background. Like, Oh, like, Oh, this is why she acts this way. Or, oh, this is why he acts this way because of how his big brother treated him or something like that. And I don't know. It's just, I just, I love anime like this where the characters are like very rich and um, they, you know, you you just have information on them. You have background story on them because, I mean, let's just be honest. Like when we see animes where like, okay, let's say there's two characters and they're the only ones that get like all the shine in the episode and everybody else you only see them like maybe a one a couple frames and that's it like dragon ball um yeah i, I just i can't stand that it's it's annoying it's so frustrating y'all didn't hear that did y'all I, I, i'm sorry i didn't mean that uh, <laughs> yeah and then another thing when it comes down to a favor for a favor is Gaining trust, uh, you know, gaining trust is definitely a, a, a way when you're doing a favor for, some, for someone, that's a way that you're you're able to gain trust. I mean, when you think about someone that's giving you a test and they're, they're pretty much saying, like, are you capable? You know, are you trustworthy of doing this, you know, this thing for me? And if you do it, you know, or maybe if you do it consistently, like, okay, boom, I know that this person is someone that I can trust and I'm willing to put my faith in them. So we can be friends. We can be, you know, you you know, the relationship becomes more after that time. And so, you know, favors aren't necessarily a bad thing. You know, we definitely use them to a degree to gauge relationships. Um, and, you know, sometimes it can be a bad thing. Uh, like the example I use with the romantic relationships with the gift giving, but you know, I mean, all in all, I think we all, you know, do favors to some extent, you know, I mean, Oh, prime example is like social media <laughs> or like Twitch and stuff, you know, these uh, streaming platforms, you know, uh, like the homie Mac, you know, he's in the building right now. Shout out to Mac. You know, he comes through, shows us a support uh, for our podcast, and we return that favor. You know, we make sure that we go and support them and show some love. And I'm not necessarily saying that that relationship is always for everybody, but, you know, the ones that are kind of, uh, you know, truly like trying to support you and they like what you do, you know, you normally try to reciprocate that same uh, feeling and, and understanding, you know. So, you know, those things happen. That's that's real. Okay, let's move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is Spy Family. Uh, wait, hold on. Come on, Jay. You got to put your pinky out. Spy X Family. <laughs> uh, episode 23 titled The Unwavering Path. Now, in this episode of Spy Family, after an all out battle, Wait a minute. What? That is not what happened. <laughs> I, have a, I have a script, right? 
and I just put like little comments on them. Like, as, like, and this script is literally like from a, a last previous season. So, but I can do this though. I can, I can do this off the cuff. I, I promise you. Like, just like, like hold on. Watch me do this real quick, y'all. Hold on. I need, I need the phone a friend. Help. Help me. I'm just kidding. But yeah, you know, in this episode, you have um uh oh my god, I forget her name. But the wife, uh, she says, Hey, you know, I I I'm trying to practice um tennis with my dear Arya, and we're having fun, we're outside having a good time, and then of course, lights, uh twilights, your Thank you, Fifi. <laughs> you know, seriously, like I love anime and I watch it all the time, right? But I have the worst memory ever. And you can ask anybody that knows me, they'll tell you, like, Jay, Jay cannot remember the thing that he ate this morning. Like, it's it's the worst. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm my uh one of my friends tells me I need to eat like blueberries and some other stuff to help my memory, but I think all the drinking that I've done in my past is starting to catch up with me. <laughs> but yeah, your, you know, she uh she meets Twilight's coworker, Nightfall. And Nightfall is someone that is head over heels for Twilight, you know, thinks he's an exceptional agent and you know, feels that she needs to be on his team to help finish out this mission. And so her whole objective when meeting your is, Hey, I need to take you out of, out of commission. And so I can take over uh, the spot as his wife. And not only that, but he, you know, twilight is my love interest. And even though I can't express that and tell that to him, that's how I feel. So she has all this pent up emotions about twilight, that she absolutely adores him, um, but she tries to stay as professional as possible on a service level. But when it comes down to your, she just can't let it go that, hey, like I need to try to find a way to become his, uh, to become Twilight's wife. And so if I'm able to battle her in tennis and us have a match, we'll do that to try to uh, gain, uh, or, or at least for me to try to gain that position. And yeah, it, it doesn't work out for her. I'll just, I would just put it like that. Nightfall gets smacked. And I, I, if you have not watched this episode, trust me, it is hilarious. Like I, I laugh so hard at the animation because I, I love when like comedy uses, um, like elements from other anime, like popular anime. And they like, you know, embedded into their show and just for like the effect. So you can kind of understand how severe that moment was. And man, when she, when your hit the tennis ball and there was like all this like power and energy behind it, I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, this is amazing. Like who you couldn't, you couldn't write this better. Like it, it's, it's fantastic. But, um, but yeah. And so the idea is, you know, challenging your crush's significant other, you know, Has, have you ever experienced or been in a position where you had to challenge your crush's significant other? Now, I, I mean, personally, I've never done this before um, because my thoughts are if that person is taken, I don't want to cause a rift with 
you know, those, you know, with the people, like the person that I like and their, and their significant other, like, I don't want there to be any drama. So why am I going to like try to pick a fight basically? You know I mean? That's the way I look at it. Like you're kind of picking a fight because you want to upstage this person to show like, Oh, like, Hmm. You know, you got your nose in the air. I'm better than, than this person. And you should consider me as your boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. Um, but however, let's be honest. Like we definitely know that this does happen. You know, it's happened before and we kind of see it a lot, you know, in entertainment, uh, for movies and TV shows, et cetera, where, uh, the, you know, they, someone tries to trump the, uh, crushes significant other and it's it's really bad like i don't have like big major examples but i'm sure that y'all have seen this before but it, it definitely makes me think about you know the past where you would have a guy that would come up to another guy he'd take his glove off and slap the man in the face with the glove and that's like a means to issue a challenge like what the hell <laughs> like who like who is bold enough to walk up to me pacingly, like just like just with all the calmness and coolness, look me in my eyes, take off their glove and slap me in the face. Now I'm saying like, you're going to catch lips. <laughs> you're going to catch lips. Some slobber going to come out. I mean, it's going to be a real crazy animation after you get slapped like that, right? <laughs> it's not going to look good. And, see, and to me, in my mind, a situation like that is I'm ready to fight. Right. <laughs> like I, I'm ready to fight because you made me look crazy out here in front of all these people, you know, that's eating their candy corn uh, or whatever else they might have been eating back then in them days. Right. <laughs> but, but you well, you're not just going to come up here and just slap me in the face with your dirty glove. You know, I know, Lord, nobody knows where your hands being or anything. Right. It's just it's just, it's just nasty. Like. Have some coming courtesy, my dude. Uh, Fifi says, the audacity. My God. <laughs> uh, Max says, no, not the glove. Yeah, man. Like, you know, back that, man, back in the day, man, they were doing some very treacherous things, man. And, but here's the thing, though. Like, but you also have to, like, you know, it kind of goes back to us talking about perspectives, right? <laughs> you know, when you go back to that time, you know, in that moment, that was actually the cool thing to do. Like that was all right. Like you, you actually get a, a passing grade for doing something like that. Cause that was the manly or woman, th womanly thing to do, you know? And uh, that was the, the right way to go about it instead of just, you know, straight up fighting off the cuff. Like, no, like it's almost like, you know, you hear the saying shooting the fair one. Have, have y'all heard this before shooting the fair one, you know, you give, the person the opportunity to um, fight fair and you know y'all both get to square up at the same time and address your you know your grievances with each other and if it comes down to fisticuffs and y'all start fighting you know it's y'all are on equal footing you know it's not someone that you know punch someone you know out of a dead spot or uh what is a sucker punch you know someone that sucker punched them it's, it's never a situation like that so yeah, it's it's it can be crazy. So I, I definitely feel like um, challenging your crush's significant other. I don't know, for me is a no no, you know. But yeah, you definitely. Uh, if y'all have some <laughs> stories with that, feel free to share in the comments. I I, I will read them. <laughs> I will definitely read them. Now I'm not gonna spread all your business out there like that. 
but I'm definitely going to read them. I'm going to have my popcorn and 3D glasses in hand already. <laughs> uh, Max says, uh, candy corn. Hey, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the candy corn was out there. Oh, y'all. Oh, speaking of candy corn, at some point, I want to tell y'all my candy corn situation. No, no. Actually, it was um, not candy corn. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, kettle corn. Kettle corn. I have a kettle corn story, and it's hilarious but i have to share that with y'all another day on some other story time day <laughs> all right let's move on to our next anime for discussion and this is actually our last anime for discussion for today's episode and that is season six of my hero academia episode 124 Titled Dobby's Dance. Do your dance. Do your dance, Dobby. Do your dance. Hey, y'all, y'all see how easy that was? Hit song. Millions of streams. Sign me. Just just sign me. <laughs> um, but yeah, in this episode, Endeavor receives information from his son that sends him into a world of shock. Now, there's a lot more, you know, normally when I'm, I'm giving these narratives of the episodes, I, I, they're kind of beefy. It gives you a, a really good visual of like what the episode was about. But, you know, this episode was fantastic. And if I say any more, it's going to be a huge spoiler. So I don't want to say that in case some of you have not watched it. So definitely do yourself a favor. Watch this episode. It's incredible like man this season of this season of my hero academia has just been chef's kiss it's just been amazing but but that's so many animes this season like I, i'm I pl i'm planning on doing a wrap up the end of this uh for the end of this year this uh anime year uh towards the end of the season and man like I, I mean i'm gonna have to put them all on a list to kind of think back of like other anime I thought was good, but I feel like it's going to be extremely hard to like unseat some of these animes that we have this season. But like I said, I got to put it on pen to paper first and, and kind of see what I think about it, you know, and because you never know, you know, maybe some shifting going around, but yeah, you know, this episode, it definitely touches on my uh, question to y'all in, or, or rather I say statement is confronting your parents. Confronting your parents, you know, and has that something been something that you've had to do before? You know, is it something that you're planning to do? Uh, or maybe you're just, you know, you're worried for their life and you don't plan on confronting your parents at all, even though you thought about it, you know. Um, you know, sometimes parents can be wrong, you know. Unfortunately, that is the case. And uh, not everybody has the, the strength, I guess you could say, or the fortitude or the resolve to confront their parents because they care about them so dearly. Or maybe they just feel like it's not even worth uh, going to, to, to a, war, a war of words with them. But um, yeah, parents can definitely be wrong. And I feel like, uh, but here's the thing, like when it's when I when you say confronting, I feel like when you hear the word confronting, most of us think of confronting as it's supposed to be vile or nasty, you know, being mean, you know, uh, just like very brash and and hard. But I don't like confront. I don't when I think about confronting, I don't think about it that way. I look at it as, you know, uh, 
someone that's trying to express the truth or their truth, you know, and that's the difference. Like there can be the truth, but there can also be like your truth. Right. And, you know, to come to a, a place where you feel like, okay, I'm, I need to confront my parents about the situation. You know, it's a very tough decision because, you know, most of us hold our parents in very, very high regard. Right. And so that makes it tough if you you have this strong love and admiration for, you know, what, what a lot of us would say, you know, our parents are our heroes, but you have to kind of take it down a notch, right? Um, Fifi says, yeah, you know, just kind of a thing, but luckily my mother was actually understanding and apologized, so happy ending. And that, that's beautiful. Like, I love hearing that where, you know, you have, you know, this, uh, conversation with, you know, your parents or your, one of your parents and they're willing to say, yeah, like I messed up, what have you. And I, you know, that's actually something I'm going to talk about here in a little bit with my own parent. But, um, you know, I can recall having uh, to make a decision of contacting my mom and, you know, talking to her about some of the choices that she made uh, in her life. And, you know, but I also, I apologize to my mom for some rude, you know, remarks that I made when I was younger and, and much more immature. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, you know, you hear the saying, like, when you're younger, oh, like, you think you know it all, right? And that is a lot of us at a younger age where we, we really think that we see the big picture, but we really don't, you know? And, and then once we hit, like, a certain age or we have, like, a certain a threshold of like of experiences, then we start to realize like, dang, like my mom or my dad, they were actually like, right. You know, my, my grandparents, you know, they were right about this and I was completely in the wrong, you know? And so those moments like that, where you like show some gratitude and, you know, hopefully you have the opportunity to, to apologize like uh, I did. And, and for Fifi, like for um, uh, her mother. So yeah, you know, I I would say that, you know, but here's the thing, though. When I had this conversation with my mom and I apologized for the things i done, uh, but she also accepted some responsibility and her shortcomings and, and her parenthood, you know. And the thing about it is like, yeah, like as parents, you know, you, there is not like, you know, you don't, you're not given a manual and say, oh, this is how you become a perfect parent. Like, no, like all of us have different circumstances that we have to, you know, we go through and, you know, you kind of have to play the cards that you're dealt, but I, I don't feel like that, you know, I, don't, I also feel like that's still moments for you to have a, an engaging conversation with your parent and talk about the things that you might've needed, you know, or, you know, things you didn't have or things that you're grateful for, because sometimes that's a part of the conversation too, of, Show, you know, sharing things with your parent that, hey, I absolutely love that you did this. And that's a form of of confront, uh, confronting your parents, too, of confronting them with the love that you gave them. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, for me, I mean, I, I definitely had a very healthy conversation uh, for with, between me and my mom. And, you know, ultimately it led to us having, you know, bringing us a lot closer together. So, you know. Confront, you know, confronting your parents is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I mean, it can't. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're in one of those really bad situations where, you know, your parents might be abusive or something like that, that's a totally different situation. And your approach might have to be 
uh, different from the thing, some of the examples that I'm talking about. Because I'm definitely not trying to say like, oh, if if you know your parent punches the hell out of you or something like that, and you know physically harms you, that you need to confront them or whatever. Like that could end up turning into a situation where you might get severely injured. You know, and and, and of course we know it can go worse than that. You know, we've seen this before. So uh, please, you know, take what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say with a grain of salt, but truly think about your circumstance and what it is that you need. Uh, and if you need to seek out someone for professional help or assistance, you know, do call, you know, a, a psychologist, get a counselor. Hell, if you need to contact the police, you know, get 5-0 involved. Hey, do it. Just, you know, don't go out there telling, saying that, oh, well, Jay, start, Jay a snitch. Nah, that, this is not one of those snitch situations. We're trying to save some people's lives. We're trying to improve some people's lives. And um, I'm standing on that. <laughs> uh, so Phoebe says, hey, I love that. And I'm so happy for both of you. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, my mom, she... She means everything to me. I mean, she's uh, honestly like the reason why I can, uh, you know, that I become a VTuber is uh, because of her love and support. Like my mom was the type of parent that would like pretty much encourage me to do whatever I wanted, you know, as long as it kind of made sense and I wasn't putting myself in like a bad situation. She was very encouraging about it. And to have like support you know for someone that loves you and that really knows you on a uh, on an intimate level man it goes a long long way so you know if if you have that person that's in your life whether it's a friend family member you know whoever like you know keep them dearly because that that that's that's you know you're going to need them as you go through this thing called life life why you got to be like this <laughs> <laughs> um but hey hey that is the end of our episode you know those that came to watch us on our youtube twitch and facebook live pages greatly appreciate you for sticking around uh man shout outs to fifi you know coming through the channel and showing some love uh definitely active member of the chat i really appreciate that of course my boy matt we have a row bear that came through counter, uh, man. I mean, the list goes on. My boy Cosmo always showing up and showing out. And I, I just really, really appreciate you, you know, and going into 2023, I, you know, the, the goal is to be severely, um, consistent, uh, be more active on social media because if, if you you go to my Twitter page, it's like a deserted land. <laughs> like it's hard for me to like comment on things that are like out there, like, you know, if it's not really something that I'm like truly passionate about, like anime or, you know, music to a degree then I really don't have a lot of opinions. And, but the crazy thing about it is like, you know, Cosmo, if you tell, you let him tell a story, it's like, nah, Jay, you got a lot of opinions <laughs> because our group chat be burning up. Now I might go like three days without hearing the responses from the group chat at all. It's like, man, like, am I that boring? I'd be asking myself these, these type of questions. Like, man, I got to go rent some friends. Like y'all know that anime rent a, rent a, rent a girlfriend. I'm a, I might need to rent some friends. Cause my friends don't even be talking, talking to me. Like, like I'm, I'm just, why y'all got, why y'all show me some love? I just, I just, 
I <laughs> like dang Jada turned this into a whole sob story, right? <laughs> um, usually I do have a character analysis section where we we pretty much like show a character for one of the animes that we cover for the season, and I pretty much rank them based on like their unique attributes, like strength, how intelligent they are, and everything else. But because this is our premiere, and as you see, like I normally I'm I'm kind of starting a lot later than usual, which just might be normal practice to be honest because you know i said earlier in the show um i moved i relocated and i'm in a new house which is beautiful and i'm not saying i, I can be as loud as i want because you know i got you know i live with one of my best friends and 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 you know we sharing a space and we being respectful but um you know i could run around this this joint butt ass naked don't let them hear that though <laughs> or maybe I have, hmm, you know, to to be continued, right? Uh, but hey, you know, if you are a new listener, be sure to check out the links below in the description as you can find more dope BBP content on our DSPs wherever you get to listen to your podcast from. And, you know, also on our YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook pages. I mean, we everywhere, you know, we Bingo Book Podcast is global you know also i want to make mention that i have a discord called jay's crib hey you know if you would like to hang out with me uh and and help us grow we appreciate your presence there and you can also get notifications uh to whenever i go live so we'd love to have you a part of the community hey um that's my time I appreciate you for our returning audience. Of course, I can't thank you enough. I hope that y'all continue to support us. Until next time, we out. Peace.